0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network.
2: Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Welcome everyone and we're so glad that you have um, taken the time to be with us today on From Good to Amazing. I've been really looking forward to having David Cowan. He is the author of Navigating the Collapse of Time, A Peaceful Path Through the End of Illusions. David, welcome to our show today. I'm so glad that you're, that you're with us.
4: Thank you, Temple, and I'm really glad too and thank you for inviting me on this show. It's It's uh, thrilling.
1: Well, I know that uh, we actually hosted you here in St. Petersburg at our very own Wings bookstore, and a lot of people were raving about this book, Navigating the Collapse of Time. How did the book come about?
4: Well, uh, frankly, it was um, a process of uh, dealing with this information for myself. I was, you know, for the last number of years, I've been very interested in, this time of change and this time of shift, and aware as many of us are that something is something big is in the air and uh, you know I was fascinated by these topics, but frankly also puzzled by them, you know there were so many different points of view and and a lot of the information that uh, I was accessing actually seemed to leave you kind of without answers, necessarily feeling a little fearful in some cases so i I really needed to for my own sake find the common thread and tie all this together. And uh, and so I was working these things out for myself and eventually in my role as an instructor, I, I teach uh, alternative uh, healers in different modalities and I found myself in the evenings of these classes just giving a little talk on some of these subjects, you know, the, the mind calendar and the cosmological alignments and such. And the talk evolved into about three and a half hours and I noticed people weren't lasting that long, so someone suggested I just write all this down. And so it really was for my own sake to clarify in my own mind uh, what was going on at this time and in the world. And as I did so, as I set myself to task, the patterns more or less revealed themselves. And I did start to see, particularly through the lens of A Course in Miracles, which my wife and I study, uh, that there is a common theme in all of this and that it is incredibly good.
1: Well, when you were speaking earlier, I know that um, you know some of us have felt uh, energetically like anxiety uh, and not really being able to explain it or define it. And then the next thing we know, okay, we're reading the paper and an earthquake has happened in Japan. Or, um, you know, we feel... Um, Sad. I noticed before everything happened in Haiti, it was like a week of kind of like melancholy, kind of like, oh, feeling sad, but not, you know, not ever being sad as a person, but like, what is that exactly? When you were saying that you were going through certain things, were you feeling some kind of um, hyperactivity, or are you you speaking energetically, or...
4: It was more of a curiosity and then an excitement as I looked into these topics and, you know, investigated some of these different authors. And it was a validation, I suppose, of an inner sense, an inner knowing that we definitely are on the verge of a uh, very significant change on this planet. And I think of anyone, no matter where you look today in what realm, whether it's the economics or the politics or... Um, you know, the health care. And wherever you look, everything seems to be pushed to the limit and, you know, something has to give, something has to change. Uh, and, you know, in the, um, in the scientific theory of chaos theory, they say that major changes or, or phase transitions that are always preceded by a period of what appears to be temporary chaos. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate the anxiety that we feel often, but uh, you know, in what you're saying, also, how we are noticing this uh, on a more global scale, in other words, you know people as a group are beginning to feel these changes and and talk about them more and are more aware of them to me is exciting evidence that we really are moving towards what the ancients called oneness or unity consciousness that we we're, we're, we're discovering that we are not isolated beings or separated beings, and when tremendous change or chaos occurs in the world just as the Global Consciousness Project has proven now through computer analysis, uh, there are major shifts in the collective consciousness that reflect these levels of change Um, the Mind Calendar is an example of a, a thought system or a philosophical system actually predicted that at this time and particularly this year, 2011 that we would step into a collective knowing of ourselves as conscious co-creators of realities. Up until recently, that kind of idea has been more or less relegated to the realm of metaphysics. And, you know, especially in the Western culture where we have this schism between uh, science and spirituality, um, we haven't really looked as a culture seriously at the possibilities for us you know, experiencing ourselves beyond individuality. So to me, it's very exciting that people are noticing these waves and you know, commenting on them and discussing them through forums like your show, for example, and uh, are beginning to acknowledge that we truly are um, individual aspects but of a single consciousness. The Internet, to me, is probably the strongest evidence that uh, this is happening on a global scale. Uh, My understanding of the world is that it's an outpicturing of our individual and collective state of mind or consciousness, kind of like a movie screen. And so to to see what's going on in the consciousness of the viewer, we look at the screen, and by looking at the world, we can see that we are really becoming uh, hooked up. We're becoming activated as a single field of consciousness and that, uh, that wiring up of the world through these communication systems, which are not regulated by anyone in particular. You know, no single government or no single group has um, you know, control over this system. It is a, a, a collective human endeavor. To me, again, is another encouraging sign that we are approaching uh, a state of common awareness. And I have to say I'm so excited by this Occupy movement not that I necessarily, you know, endorse uh, some of the techniques or tactics, but uh, as came out in the talk in the Wings Bookstore the other night, you know what this movement really indicates is the beginning of an awakening um, that that parallels what happens in an individual's case. Individually, we uh, we, we see in the personal development field that the uh, The awakening of the individual is often preceded by a sense of not knowing necessarily what's right or where I'm going, but just kind of uh, recognizing what we don't want. You know, where we get to that point where we say, I'm fed up, I've had enough, there has to be a better way. And very often, that type of hitting bottom, you might say, uh, is what precedes uh, a new dawning of awareness, a new state of consciousness. And and we've seen this in the individual cases, but now it's happening on a planetary scale. These movements around the world, which of course started with the Arab Spring in Egypt uh, not so long ago, to me, are highly indicative of that same process happening on a collective level. We don't yet, as a global culture, as a global society, we still don't know what the future looks like and what it is we truly want to create in this new Earth, as Eckhart Tolle calls it. But we're sure figuring out what we don't want. We're really beginning to recognize what's not working. although it may in itself seem like a negative, I think it's a um, a necessary prerequisite to figuring out what it is we do want and what it is that we are capable of creating together. Uh, so i'm I'm very encouraged by all of these uh, movements and see it as a, a an affirmation of the notion that we truly are stepping into a new era uh, based on collective consciousness and unity consciousness rather than the old paradigm of individual struggle and survival.
1: And I I agree with what you're saying totally, and you can feel it. You know, for so long it has felt like that uh, us as metaphors, Physicians lived in our own world, kind of our protected bubble, if you will. Many years ago, one of my new thought teachers, you know, he used to say that when he would travel on the plane, when somebody asked him what he did, he would say something, you know, ridiculous, like he was a sex therapist. Because when he mentioned <laughs> what he did as being a metaphysical leader, you know, he'd get so much of a, you know, negative response that he tried to make it interesting. You know, he was he was. Uh, Sometimes being, um, that was his way of enlightenment was the, the shock factor, uh, but in addition to that, you know, he, he, he made a lot of sense because he found people wanting to be argumentative about positionality, and I have found... Um, and what you're saying with the, the people changing, that on every flight I've taken this year, and there have been many, many of those, if people ask, you know, what I do, I go, you know, I'm a unity minister, and they go, I love unity, <laughs> you know. Oh. And that has really changed just not um, that long ago. Um, because a lot of times before, even three, four years ago, people would go, well, what is that, you know, or what does that mean, or is that something... You could tell by the way they said it, uh, with the tone, you know, is that some kind of... They'd say, is that some kind of non-denominational kind of thing? (laughs) You know, where now people go, oh, I love unity, I love the idea of oneness, or, oh, yeah, you're spiritual, you know, not uh, about rules and dogma. It's like, yeah, 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 so... Uh-huh. I'm sure you're finding that as you're traveling across the globe as well, that there's definitely a, a deepening and a, a awakening. We're becoming more of the mass rather than the unusual and the elite.
4: Yes. Whether folks are aware of it or not, there has been a tremendous phase shift. As a matter of fact, the most significant change on this planet in 16.5 billion years occurred at the end of October uh, this year, October 28th to be exact. And again, if your listeners go back and look on the calendars and see what was happening in their lives around this time, they might actually resonate with this idea. And that date is actually based on the calculations of Carl Kalman, one of the, uh, I would say, premier researchers on the Mayan calendar. Mayan calendar... um, actually traces the history of time going right back to the Big Bang. And through Kalamann's insights and calculations, he was able to show that up until that date, October 28, that the major epochs of time were ruled by a cycle of 13 phases of consciousness, which he called days and night. And that these consciousness waves or phases were very predictable. They, they, they followed a pattern that was repeated over epochs of time, and until recently was almost imperceptible to you know an observer in time. Uh, recently, what happened up up until well between March and October last was that these phases actually um, sped up to the point where they were happening on the level of a millisecond, and then we had this breakthrough. What actually happened there is that time obviously still has continued. Uh, you know, we still look at our watches and coordinate events between uh, ourselves. And yet, there's a sense of coming out into the open, you might say, where we are feeling freer to experience the moment without bringing the past or the future into it. At my own experience of that time, and of course I was paying attention because I was aware of that date, I had a sense, it was a very subjective thing. But I had a sense that up until that time I was on this raging river, and like on a you know whitewater raft, and everything was going so fast it was hard to even you know maintain uh, balance uh, up until that time. And yet on October twenty eighth, I felt as if the the raft I was on finally came out into the ocean, and I could be at peace. And for me, again, another way I explained that to myself at the time was I felt future and the past drop away from my, my scope of interest. I was just no longer interested in what was going to happen the next moment, the next day, the next year. I, w- I felt a centering and a peacefulness in this moment. And that, of course, is uh, what, uh, you know, what is implied by this whole notion of the collapse of time. It's not like it goes away, but it loses its grasp. It loses its grip on our minds. And, of course, this is in recognition of the notion that time is a construct of the mind. It's not something that happens to us or that we're born into, but it is something we have collectively created to explain to ourselves the separation of events over time and through space. So what's really changed here is not anything in the outer world, but on the level of mind or consciousness, we have stepped into a new era of freedom from the constraints of the past and also the anxiety of the future, it's uh, it's a frightening freedom in a sense because it comes with a, an incredible level of responsibility, of which we're not really that used to taking. We've given our responsibilities over to our institutions and to the experts and to those uh, to the educators, and now it's come home to each and every one of us to determine the quality of our experience in this moment, which will then determine the quality of the next moment and the next moment. So we're being called in this new energy to step into a new maturity, you might say. As a species, we've actually been, how can I say, we've been akin to uh, earlier stages of evolution where single-cell organisms were the primary life on this planet. And those single-cell organisms each had their own defense systems and their own feeding systems, and each one felt themselves to be isolated from the others. And then there was this major shift, and I'm talking a long time ago, when the single-cell organisms decided that they were much better off by banding together. And this was the beginning of multicellular life on the planet. And I think that's an apt analogy to what has happened here. We have been existing on this planet believing ourselves to be isolated by bodies, by our differences, by what separates us, whether it's philosophies, whether it's skin color, whether it's the amount of wealth we have or not. These things have kept us as isolated organisms, all attempting to survive on our own. Well, that phase transition has occurred where it is now being realized by each and every one of us that if we band together if we unify, if we actually come together with a common choice under a common desire to create a world of peace, one that's not ruled by, you know, the laws of separation and and conflict, that we actually can do this and we can create a new form of life on this planet. That's how significant this change is. It's, It's unprecedented that humanity has had this opportunity to connect on such a level, on a planetary level, and then from that point, move forward and create a new earth. And to me, these are no longer just uh, you know uh, wishful statements or or um, positive thinking. This is now becoming a reality. It's uh, We're in the very early phases, so of course when a baby is born, the first thing it does is kicks and screams, and I go back to what's happening on the political and economic scene now as this new baby kicking and screaming, and you know, trying to orient itself to this new world. But once this baby comes down and uh, begins to organize itself, I think we're in for um, something, again, unimaginable, something wonderful, something that is unprecedented on this planet.
1: It's very, very exciting. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're joining me today on From Good to Amazing, and we're talking to David Cowan. Navigating the Collapse of Time is his book, A Peaceful Path Through the End of Illusions. We'll be right back after break, and we'll talk more about some of the illusions that we have which keep us from moving from good to amazing.
2: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
5: Hi, my name is Lynn Twist. I'm the author of The Soul of Money. If you're struggling right now with a
1: financial crisis, I recommend going to www.unityfm and listening to our course about The Soul of Money and how to handle this in a way that brings out the deep spirituality that's available at this time. You know, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste.
6: Join author Lynn Twist for the blessing of the financial crisis you'll learn new techniques to use the current economic situation to redefine your relationship with money. It's available now for immediate download at unity.fm in the video download section.
1: more thrilling than feeling your direct connection with your source your spirit in those moments you are soaring knowing that you can be do or have anything you want but what do you do when real life hits you straight on let's get real this is practical spirituality for a busy bustling world Join us every Friday at noon Central Time for Everyday Attraction, where the law of attraction gets real, where we explore leading-edge principles and break down the law of attraction so it works for you every day. When you are off the mountaintop, join us for this delicious exploration of attraction principles with your host, Ray Zander.
3: Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: So thank you everyone for being with us today, our pre-holiday um, week. We're so delighted that you've chosen to be with us today. And remember that you can share our radio shows with uh, your family and friends, with Facebook and Twitter and other forms of social media. This is a wonderful conversation that we're having today with David Cowen, who is the author of Navigating the Collapse of Time, A Peaceful Path Through the End of Illusions, and we're talking about a very specific conversation and how the end of illusions are forthcoming as we are in this 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar. Uh, we get a lot as ministers' questions Regarding this topic, and I um, have been saving this time of having David on our show because he is considered one of the experts in this field. David, people ask us, you were talking earlier before we went on break about that we're, you know, like the baby, that, uh, and sometimes the baby's either crawling or, or kicking and, and not facing everything full out initially, Uh, when are we referring to the 2012? I mean, Hollywood got a jump on it, and the movie was out a while ago. Um, How do you foresee the next um, year or two, and how all of this is rolling out energetically?
4: Mm, That's a great question, Temple. I think that the whole notion of 2012 is uh, a great cosmic joke Um, It reminds me of the parental technique of when you're taking off a child's Band-Aid and you say, on the count of three, I'm going to take this Band-Aid off, and you go, one, yank, two, three. In other words, we have everyone focused on next year, and yet the change already occurred this year. So if 2012 (laughs) has any significance... (laughs) If 2012 has any significance...
1: That's really funny. Isn't that the truth, though? You're right. Everybody's already focused on something when it's already happening all along, right?
4: That's right. And we're coming into, again, a notion uh, of what I refer to as vertical time. That is the awareness that all events are occurring simultaneously, and that our assigning some events to the past and some to the future has been really, again, an artificial construct that we've created. If you think about time as a vertical line, all events are occurring in a stretched out point of now. In the second part of the book, first part of the book, I investigate you know, uh, the popular ideas of 2012 and the galactic alignment and uh, you know, what's the changes in our understanding of how DNA functions, etc. But in the second part of the book, I actually discuss a set of symbols that were given to me in a meditation over, oh, I'd say half a second, they just appeared like, like a set of flashcards. And the first symbol was a circle with a cross in the middle, you know, that symbol that you see in the um, Native American medicine wheel, for example. And to me, that first symbol, I won't go into the discussion of the entire symbol because I want folks to read it in the book, but that first symbol to me represents the setup of how we have been living time and the choice we have now to step into a new orientation with time. So the horizontal line would represent what I call horizontal time, where we have this sense of a past stretching out usually to the left of our field of view and the future stretching out almost infinitely to the right. And the present moment is just this little insignificant dot somewhere in the middle of that process. In other words, most of the in horizontal time, most of time is happening outside of this moment. So I invite listeners now to just in their minds take that horizontal timeline, the way we were taught to think about time in school, and shift it into a vertical line. Just start shifting that and seeing it as a vertical line where all events, whether we label it past, present, or future, are occurring in the stretched out point of now. Now, there's a little mind experiment you can play with yourself in order to validate this idea, and that is to think of whatever it was you were doing, say, 24 hours ago, and ask yourself in that experience, what time was it? And Of course, it was now. And if we go 24 hours into what we call the future and look at that again and ask ourselves what time will it be, it'll be now again, won't it? So the Mm -hmm. only time we actually ever truly experience or are alive in is this moment. It's the only time there is. And so there's great freedom in shifting your timeline into vertical because we can change. You know, the past is not fixed. The future is not fixed. It's not linear. It's not based on single cause and effect events as we have been led to believe. Rather, it is a wide open field where we can step in creatively and through our, our willpower and our ability to make choices, create new pathways, new possibilities, change even the past by simply looking at it through new eyes and through the eyes of forgiveness in particular, and, and relieve the mind of the burden of the past or the fear of the future that we've convinced ourselves we have to carry.
1: When you're talking about that sense of peace and you're, you're giving us exactly um, some good exercises and some awarenesses that will help us. What are some of the other illusions that you are referring to in your book? And by the way, everyone, uh, for our listeners today, uh, David's book is on Amazon, or you can also go to, uh, his as well as his beloved, uh, wife's website, Arena. It's Blue Sun Energetics, that's plural, bluesunenergetics.net. But David, when, other illusions, I mean, obviously, I would I would know immediately we're talking about an illusion called control, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's one of our biggest ones that, that we would ever think that we are in control of anything. Uh, what mm-hmm. are some of the other illusions that are going to just dissipate away in this new time, the time of no time that we're going to be in?
4: Great question again, Temple. Well, I would say one of the top illusions, aside from time, uh, and also separation in space. We're we're learning now uh, through the principles of quantum physics, which have been around this planet for over 100 years, that we aren't actually separated by space or by time. And uh, so one of the chief illusions, I would think, is that we are limited by our bodies, that we are only bodies. And inherent in that illusion is the idea that we only have a very short period of time in which to actually live, determined by the length of the life of the body. So the belief in the body as the only expression of our life force is a primary illusion, I think, that keeps us in fear, keeps us in denial, and also keeps us feeling that these are topics that we can't broach. They're, they're encased in fear. Even in our culture, you know, we, we try and remove death from our... Uh, awareness by putting it off to the side, institutionalizing those who are about to transition. So by looking at the life actually as something that is in the body, works through the body, and exists beyond the body, I think is a tremendous uh, opportunity to transcend that primary illusion. We are not limited, rather than, and I'm sure you've heard this, rather than humans having a spiritual experience now and again, we are spirits having a human experience. And as spirits, we actually exist beyond the transition we call death. This is now being, of course, validated um, through the studies of those who work with near-death experiencers, as well as those who are able to consciously recall what goes on between incarnations, uh, and that the life actually continues beyond the body. If we truly understood that, this would help us to nurture the body and respect it more as a... As a vehicle with a purpose, and that, of course, is to be able to communicate love and communicate unity in this grand drama we call the world, but not to get attached to it, not to be worried if we see it aging or if it gets ill once in a while, or even if bodies come and go through things like warfare or accidents, to release ourselves from that fear that when the body dies that we die. This is a, a primary illusion. All of these illusions, however, they really boil down to the simple illusion of the belief in separation. And this is an idea that we've carried with us from the very beginning. The Course of Miracles actually talks about uh, the creation of the universe being created by this desire to experience separation. So we could say that rather than hate being the opposite of love, that separation is the opposite of love, and love is simply the letting go of the belief in separation or the need for separation and embracing love which is our true and deep nature all of the uh, behavior on this planet whether we label it good or bad actually comes from a very deep memory of our nature our basic nature as love it's easy to see how good behavior comes from love but it's the bad behavior that gives us a hard time of ex- as accepting especially when we see you know the suffering of others and the suffering of innocence but if we could choose to see bad behavior as simply a call for love or a recognition a crying out that on the part of the person acting out that i i'm not experiencing love now and i'm acting out because within me i have this deep if not dim memory of love and that's not what i'm experiencing so this is the best way i can express my frustration my desire to return to that place within me. So if each of us could choose to see others' behavior as either an expression of love or a call for love, it would be much easier to forgive that other, that behavior that before we would have judged as bad, which would have kept us in separation from that person. So this brings us to the theme of, separ- of uh, forgiveness, which to me is the the greatest way, the deepest way, and the most effective way of breaking down the illusion of separation. And when we forgive another, I'm not talking about forgiveness in the old sense, where you put emphasis on the crime or the fault, and then out of moral superiority you forgive, because that kind of forgiveness actually keeps the separation going. With that type of old paradigm forgiveness, we actually, uh, you know, don't accomplish much uh, as far as consciousness goes. But with the kind of forgiveness I'm talking about where we recognize our oneness, which is to me it was beautifully uh, exemplified in the Hawaiian technique of Ho'oponopono, that type of forgiveness heals the, uh, the projection of guilt in my own mind that I put upon that person that before I might have judged as being, uh, you know, bad or evil or or someone worthy of that judgment. So I guess what I'm saying is that if we choose the practice of forgiveness, we will accomplish so much more in our lifetime, not only for ourselves personally, but also accelerating this awakening process for each of us and for this planet. To me, that is the crucial tool to really step into the freedom we have now to co-create a new reality, to begin to forgive. And this forgiveness, again, is coming from that deep desire to allow the love that is beneath uh, the consciousness of each and every one of us to come alive, to be remembered, to be brought forward into the life, into the life's expression. And anyone can do this. A child can do this. It's not an intellectual feat. It's not something that needs to be uh, worked up. It's simply a choice in the mind that I could choose to see this situation differently. I can choose to see that person differently. And when we do that, we actually heal the relationship and we heal the oneness, the one mind that we all are all expressions of. So that's a very practical tool. And another tool I like to share with folks at this time in order to really ground uh, our experience here is to find a practice that brings you to the point of silence, that brings you into inner silence and the experience where you're actually not thinking. And uh, because, you know, we've been trying to think our way out of uh, the dilemmas on this world for so long now and it doesn't seem to be working very well. So the solution to to being able to step into this new freedom is, uh, again, part and parcel of the experience of inner silence You know, our egos are very afraid of silence because we're afraid there's nothing there and we'll discover there's nothing to existence. But what happens when we step into that silence and allow for the silence is we find that everything is there, that it's a a void that is pregnant with love, that is filled with love. So by allowing ourselves to step into silence, we actually allow that love that is our basic nature to begin to flow through our consciousness and to help us to see others with a desire for forgiveness. So again, these things don't need to be worked up, or they don't need to be earned, or struggled over. You know, in, in the old paradigm, you had to, you know, climb the mountain step by step and skin your knees, and on your way up. What we're discovering is that what we want—the peace, the enlightenment, the end of illusions—we already have. That's already part of our basic nature. We've simply forgotten it and overlaid our awareness with all of these illusions and uh, beliefs in ourselves as separate beings and the need for conflict. So again, by recognizing that uh, negativity, conflict, uh, judgment, that all of these things are actually not necessary. They're not really part of who we are in, in truth and reality and being willing to put those aside, even not knowing what to what to um, replace them with. Just being willing to say, just like we started out this interview with, willing to say, I don't know what I want, but I know what I don't want. And I don't want any more of these conflicting thoughts that just get me into these same old loops, you know, these same old conflicts and uh, keep the relationship down and limit That's not what I want. So by being willing to go silent, you're actually saying to the divine, I'm ready. I'm ready for something new to be born in my mind, a new vision, a new expression of life. And Again, it's not going to take very many of us to make that decision to actually seed the entire global mind with that same desire. And and I think it's already happening.
1: And I love the way that you're able to articulate it in a way that it just it simplifies um, everything you're saying, especially the conversation about forgiveness Uh, after break we're going to talk about uh, david and arena's workshops that you can take online and you are listening to from good to amazing and i appreciate all of you joining us today and also sharing this wonderful show today with your family and friends especially those that have been asking you specific questions about 2012 and uh... where we are in our world of the uh... Mayan calendar. So we'll be right back.
6: Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link.
2: Are you ready for the next steps on your spiritual path? If you are, you won't want to miss the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. Essential insights and practices from the ancient yoga science of self-realization show us how to live healthier, happier, more balanced lives. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now.
3: We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes.
1: Thank you everyone for being with us today and also I want to thank everyone that continues to make your donations to Unity Online Radio. You may want to plant a seed as well that in November we're going on a cruise. Many of us Unity FM hosts are going to be on a cruise in November and all the information you could possibly want and need so you could gift somebody with that wonderful Christmas or holiday gift of joining you on the cruise next November is on Unity.fm. David Cowan, thank you for being on our show today. We have been learning a lot um, of your wisdom and, and energy that you are bringing, uh, specifically regarding your book, "Navigating the Collapse of Time: A Peaceful Path Through the End of Illusions." And this book can be purchased on Amazon.com, as well as David and his beloved's website, Blue Sun. Energetics, that's plural, energetics.net. David, we made reference very early in the program um, that along the way on your path, uh, you knew that you were meeting your soulmate, and her name is Arena. And I understand that the two of you together uh, knew right away after just a few days that it was uh, your, your soul call to do a lot of work together, and you offer a lot of classes online, don't you?
4: Yeah, actually, we started out doing live classes primarily, uh, but found that, you know, the wear and tear of running here and there, uh, you know, with the modern technology, there's no reason necessarily to do that. And at first I was resistant uh, because I didn't think you could make the same connection, and we're actually finding out uh, that's not true Uh, Oneness also applies to connecting through things like uh, conference calls and webinars. So we're offering uh, now currently a five-week program we call Soulful Communication. and It's about healing relationships by seeing the other uh, from a new perspective, from the perspective that we've been talking about uh, for this last while. And we teach specific skills on how to communicate from a new level, from, from a deeper level within ourselves and actually to allow the other person to communicate is really what it's about. This particular course, again, it's five-week combination webinar, um, conference calls and other materials, actually leads towards a license also as a spiritual health coach. So for those who are in practice uh, in any form of complementary healing, we you know highly encourage them to consider this license. As it legitimizes their work, and also gives them, uh, you know, a degree of legal protection as far as being practitioners in today's world. Uh, we also have uh, some programs in uh, what we call soulful dowsing. Dowsing is the use of a pendulum, of course, and we use it slightly differently than uh, you know uh, folks have been using it mainly in the past. And, and that is, we use uh, dowsing as a as a focal point for shifting conditions and creating new possibilities. So we find it a very practical skill that can help uh, in individual lives or people working with other clients and and group work, etc. Our new book uh, coming out in June, which is also on Amazon now, I believe, for pre-order, is called Dowsing Beyond Duality. And so, uh, you know, we're really excited about that, and we want to uh, actually create a correspondence course based on that book as it comes out. I will also mention that Irina and I do individual sessions where we do some of this distance work and, uh, you know, we correspond directly, of course, with folks uh, about some of their issues and concerns and all of that is, uh, you know, described on our uh, website. Uh, I will mention as well, Temple, the name of the website, Blue Sun Energetics, actually refers to the Hopi prophecy. The Hopi, uh, amongst uh, most other uh, natural people on this planet, have all ha- they all have predictions around 2012, and they're all, um, uh, you know, different uh, cultural perspectives, but they all converge on one idea, and that is that we're at the birthing of a new world. And according to the Hopi, this new world will be uh, accompanied by a second sun appearing in our sky, uh, and we're going to discover that we've had two suns uh, in our environment all along, The second one is a blue sun, or a blue star kachina, as it's also called. And my sense of that is that it already exists in a dimension just outside of our current level of perception. But as our consciousness raises, and as we come into this new energy more completely, we're going to start perceiving more of what's out there in that universe in other dimensions of existence. So again, it's a very exciting time, and we're just at the very beginning of it now. We really encourage folks who resonate with this uh, information and these ideas you know, to stay tuned to this program, to stay tuned uh, to yourself and to your true desire uh, to step into this new energy and this new freedom we're being offered. Uh, and being willing to let go, again, of what you don't want is a very important step. Um, and I think that's all I have to say about the website other than, you know, it's changing all the time, and it's a great way for people to connect with us and stay in touch and create community.
1: And part of becoming a spiritual healer um, coach that um, you receive a license, is this after the five-week program? Uh, Does it um, give people more of an understanding of of how to coach other people as a healer? Or are there any... And and more information so our- about that is on the website. Yes.
4: Yeah, our program actually satisfies the poaching component. There is another uh, component involving some correspondence uh, courses, and uh, and then of course we direct people to the different boards that they can apply to uh, for this license. But the license has been around for many decades, actually, and is a very you know it's. it's uh, again, a board-certified program, and uh, and we really feel strongly that it's uh, a great choice for people who want to do, you know, to step out into the public world and uh, and do some healing work and and legitimize whatever it is they're doing and whatever modality uh, is working for them now.
1: Well, you and Arena have been able to accomplish what millions of people are longing to accomplish, and that is to find someone that mirrors or reflects back who they are in the idea of the art of relationship. Uh for people that are really our audience today listening that wants to move from good to amazing, a number of people out there that are alone. I I too am one of those people that have a fort- um, I'm very blessed to have an ideal partner. Uh what are some key components that you would recommend to people or or say to people that are Um, single and still looking uh, for that right and perfect person in, in their lives?
4: Well, I would say find that perfect person within yourself first, and then you're way more likely to attract someone else who's found that perfect person within themselves and is not coming into a relationship from a place of need. When we come into a relationship because we feel there's something lacking or missing within ourselves, we're actually coming from the belief in lack which again is part of the illusion. So we're going to resonate with someone else who's also coming from lack, and ultimately that lack is going to manifest in some form of conflict or disappointment in the the relationship. So all outer relationships, again, reflect the inner relationship with our own essence, our own divine self, soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it. So my suggestion would be to put aside that strong desire to find the perfect partner and again, as we mentioned earlier, go within and find that peace within yourself. Irina actually had a direct experience of this a few weeks before we met. She came to an aha, she had a, a um, you know, an enlightening moment where she realized that she loved herself just the way she is. And she Mm -hmm. accepted herself just the way she is. It was so profound for her. She actually had to pull off the side of the road and you know take a breath because she realized she truly loved herself. And and from that and that she didn't need someone to fulfill her or complete her. And it it was only a short period of time after that that we met, and uh, we both realized you know that we uh, had a destiny together. So find that sacred union within and you will resonate with, you will recognize someone who has also found that sacred union within and you'll step into a relationship that is not based on need, but is based on just a desire to share and just a desire to give. Uh, And I think that's something that we can all do. It's just a matter of turning our attention to and, and appreciating that the outer is always a reflection of the inner.
1: It's so magical when that, when you have that epiphany within yourself to understand that no one can ever, ever be to you what you are unwilling to be for yourself, and it's such a beautiful thing when you can look in the mirror and just say, "I am enough," you know, just as, just as I am, and have that level of acceptance and that level of of love Uh, do you also uh, teach other people about some of your success of your relationship
4: well we kind of let it speak for itself but i i do think that when people see us working together and hear our teachings and that that they get the idea that you know we're actually the same person in two different bodies so uh that's the feedback we get anyway But I was going to mention, you know, if this sounds beyond um, accomplishing for folks who may be listening or beyond, you know, their ability to imagine, it's not up to you to do this. You don't have to muster that inner love. Ask the divine to give it to you. Ask for divine assistance to see yourself as you truly are, and you will be given that opportunity. Uh, Again, it's our birthright, and it's the birthright of each and every one of us to know ourselves, as love. So if if it sounds difficult, you're right. It is difficult for the the separated mind. It's difficult for the ego, uh, which is mired in its own uh, sense of smallness, to look at self in the mirror and say, I love you, but the divine within you already does. So ask the divine to show you, to give you the experience of this level of love within yourself, and then rest assured that your outer experiences will ultimately reflect that.
1: And there you go, everyone. That's the wisdom for the day and for the week, allowing the divine to show you. Ask your inner being to show you the wisdom and everything that you need to move from good to amazing i'm temple hayes and we have been sharing this hour with david cowan the wonderful author of uh navigating the collapse of time and you can go on his website bluesunenergetics.net and find out more about him and his work with his soulmate arena thank you for being with us today and thank you everyone for supporting unity online radio david thanks for being with us
4: my pleasure it was an honor
1: Until next time.
5: Inspiration only takes a moment. We invite you to focus your attention inward with these words from Elizabeth Searle Lamb. This is a new day. Lead your conscious mind to that still haven of your soul where your indwelling Christ opens wide the doorway of your heart. At once, mind, soul, and body, you are flooded with the light and love of God you are lifted high above this earthly plane and filled with the radiance of spirit. Send this love and light on to those whom you hold dear so that it may uplift, heal, and comfort them. As you send this radiance on, you are filled with a new sense of God's power, and you release this power to the whole world to uplift, guide, and bless all people. A day's tasks await you. But God is with you, and with God's help, all shall be done perfectly.
2: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
0: Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach for weekly inspiration on ways to identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, where your purpose is your prosperity. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to.